Good afternoon and welcome to my poor friends. Today we have a very special episode. One of my dear friends, Trevor, has joined us. Trevor, say hello. Hello, everybody. And as a special treat, Trevor is taking over the hosting duties today. I am, I am. Um, so we'll see how this goes. I, you know, I am. I, we'll see if I relinquish the control. <laughs> <laughs> you got to hand over the reins at some point, Jamie. I know, I know that. I'm fine. I, I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. fine. I'm not mad. You're mad. <laughs> I, you're mad. Exactly. That's exactly right. Um, and then today, in addition to letting Trevor take over um, for our very special review of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Attack Quint- of the Killer Tomatoes. Quintessentially the best B movie ever made. It really wraps up a lot of America's culture in one action-packed hour and 30 minutes. We have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to unpack. <laughs> we have quite we'll a bit to unpack. Yeah. But in addition to that, uh, uh, Trevor and I are enjoying a dry July. That's right. So we are enjoying a mocktail of some uh, sugar-free raspberry lemonade and the Good and Gather Coconut Pineapple Sparkling Water to make ourselves a little mocktail this afternoon. That's right. That's right. So hopefully we don't get too... uh, Too wild here. Too wild and crazy (laughs) on our mocktails, but we'll see how it goes. It's it's sugar-free lemonade, right? So we're not going to get that sugar (laughs) rush. It is. I have to stick with sugar-free, so I apologize that, you know, my life is Oh, it's preferable. It's preferable. That's right. You can just drink them all afternoon, right? That's right. Guilt-free. Guilt-free. That's right. Okay. So, Trevor, what do you have for us today? Well, so first of all, I want to thank you for having me on today Mm -hmm. and- giving me the opportunity to be a guest host on your award-winning podcast. <laughs> you um, keep saying award-winning. Awards forthcoming. <laughs> forthcoming. But you will look back on this and be like, he knew. He, well, because you're my, my marketing manager. Right, My right. guest host, and now my award uh, bearer. <laughs> Foreteller. <laughs> That's right. Right. And I do want to say, um, not only am I the guest host today, but also self-anointed chief marketing officer of the podcast <laughs> Um, responsible for about 5% of the new fans this month. Thank you. Thank That's you. right. Very good. Very um, good. But today, I, I not only am I glad that you are having me on, but to talk about one of my favorite movies, in the past in the past five or six years that we've known each other, how often do you think you've watched the movie Attack of the Killer Tomatoes? Oh, I can count it all on less than a hand. Right, because it was probably <laughs> yesterday, right? Uh, I did re-watch it yesterday, but when we first started talking about this, because mm-hmm. we've been talking about this for... Uh, since October, let the record show that <laughs> she's been promising me a podcast appearance for almost a okay, year Okay, so now. it's been a while, <laughs> yes, is what I'm hearing. It's been a it's minute. It's been a while. It's been, it's been a minute. A minute yeah. um, but I did, at that time, think, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, and watch it then. Mm-hmm. But... Yes, I had to rewatch it yeah. yesterday, and then after falling asleep watching it, I watched it again today, <laughs> so that I can make sure I got to the end. So again, lots uh, to unpack. Here. But you were lots tired. It wasn't boring. You were just tired. You had a long day at work. I understand. Lots to unpack here. Yeah, lots to right. unpack here. Well, <clears throat> I want to start out with we all know the brand Fruit of the Loom. Well, this is more Fruit of the Gloom, right? It is a <laughs> rock horror opera film. With comedy sprinkled in on top, like the salt oh, guy meme. Oh no! Yes, 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 yes. No, so I the salt guy meme I like. Yeah, but no. Yeah. And salt no. goes on tomatoes, right? So I, th- there's a lot of layers of this onion. Well, let's start off with. You know I don't like tomatoes. I don't either, but ah! I love them in films. <laughs> but I love them in films. You really? I love them in films. They're okay. the star of the show here. So okay, they are. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes truly is a life changing film. It might change your life for the better or the worst, but you can bet your bottom dollar your life's going to change in some way, shape, or form. I got to be honest. 
since watching it this afternoon, my life hasn't changed that much. It's gotten better because now I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) So at, at its core, it's really built for fans of... Like the TV series Mystery Science Theater 3000. Which I love. Love that. Mm. Um, And I love like the commentary aspect of that. And I feel like you can do that with this movie with a friend or something. And it doesn't like ruin the movie for people. I agree. Whereas you don't talk during like Lord of the Rings or something. Right. right? Yes. Um, Also... Um, going back into cinema, like Kung Pao, yeah, that's that's a perfect. And there's actually kind of like a, a quasi reference of that in one of the intro scenes, which we'll get to in a moment. Okay, but that's that's really kind of the, the core audience type that this film really appeals to. Um, hell, it it really it even appeals to those on no matter where you fall on the broad spectrum of modern day culture. Well, you really emphasize spectrum there, I'm, I'm noticing. Oh, so, sorry. Because there's, there's quite the spectrum of modern day culture. Yes, yeah, yes. Right, indeed. right. So you could be you could be a fan of, like I said, easy, like B-movie, like so bad it's funny type yeah. mystery science theater stuff. You could be a fan of, let's say, operatic arias. They throw a little bit in there for the fans of the opera. They do, um, they do. You, even if you're a big, like, you know, if you're like an audiophile, big music nerd, they've got that Billboard Top 100 smash hit, Puberty Love. Yeah. I mean, there's something for everybody. And they managed to do it with less than a $100,000 budget. Which we'll get into as well. Yeah. So they managed but, to do all of this. So I would agree. Pennies on the dollar. There are a lot of genres of film that can bring you to this movie. Yes. Terrible, like... 60s, 70s, 80s, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Correct. Can bring you to this movie. There's like that whole like slapstick comedy, airplane, those types of that will bring you to this movie. So so it is like genre bending. Oh, absolutely. It's got a it's that, no matter that where... doesn't make it good. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> just because it does do that does not make it good. It fills a lot of holes, it plugs a lot of gaps. And gaps that I would say the greats left wide open. That's and... what she said. Okay. <laughs> Are we adults? No. <laughs> so, absolutely not. So it's got it's got references to Jaws. It does. So I know AJ likes this part of the podcast. So I wanted to kick it off with a little bit of Would You Rather. I, just... I, they're, everyone's favorite is Would You Rather. Yeah. yeah. So okay. I just want to kick it off something light and easy okay. before we get into the real philosophical arguments that we're about to have. Okay. So, Jamie. Yes. Would you rather be forced to eat only very spicy food or incredibly bland food for the oh, rest of your life? Oh, that's a good one. Like spicy, like I'm going to cry every time I eat it or just spicy. Like, like your like... sinuses are inc- uncontrollable, oh. like that level. So not like I feel like death, but also like I'm moderately uncomfortable. I'm going to go with bland. You're going to go bland. And here's why. Oof. I, <laughs> don't oof me. <laughs> why are you oofing me? That's... Here, here's why. I have never found the virtue in spicy foods. I have the friends that have to do the spicier, the better. They do the like jalapeno margaritas and the, you know, spicy blazing wing challenge. Yes. And and I love watching hot ones. I think it's fantastic. Right. But every time I watch it, I think, why do that to yourself? Why would you do? And I feel like you could still get flavorful food. Without eating mashed potatoes all the time, right? Like, like, like you could have <laughs> bread and water, right? Without just doing crackers all the time. Saltine Jamie That's right. over like, here. Like, you could have good food without it being spicy. See, I'm a little different, and okay. you're gonna understand where I come from with my incredible fandom with this movie. Is I like my food to fight back a little bit. I do not. I like it to have a little kick, a little punch. Why? 
Why? Because it makes me feel alive. I'm bland enough as a person. I sure as hell don't need my food to be bland, too. Okay, but it makes you feel alive? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like a better person after I eat, like, a great a great helping of buffalo wings. Like, it makes me, it makes me complete. I do not. I douse that shit in ranch dressing. Then why order the wings? I mean, they're good, <laughs> and they're even better with ranch dressing. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So, okay. next one, next okay, one. Okay, okay, okay. Would you rather... That all of your electrical devices mysteriously stop working, possibly forever, or have all of the major governments in the world be ran by high schoolers. Here's my thing. I feel like um, high schoolers are better than we are. Explain. Okay. Okay. Here's where I'm coming from. Because there's teachers I know that would disagree. I don't know a lot of teachers. <laughs> I could be wrong. <laughs> I could be wrong. I feel like, though, that there would still be like, you would still like elect these people you know you like it'd be like a student council we're like we're it, getting longer recess would, but you know there are high schoolers out there like is that really selfish i feel like that might be really because i'm like yeah i don't want to lose my life <laughs> like basically damn the world It'll my be playstation fine. better work that's right, right. and that that's fair. that's fair no that that's the question i mean honestly i would choose the same and just watch the world burn <laughs> Because we're going to have some breakfast club type shit in the White House. 100%. <laughs> and then it's going to be like, well. But but I will say, so back to my original point, I do think in some way kids are better that now than we were when we were kids. Right. And I realize you and I were not kids at the same time. But I know that when I was in school, there was like zero tolerance. Oh, Everyone yeah. wasn't, you know, FAG. Everyone was an R word. Like yeah. all of those things. Kids do not do that nowadays. It's and much more politically correct. That's, that's right. Well, right. and accepting, you know, Oak Park, you know, down the road, they just had like their first, um, I want to say gay homecoming queen or trans homecoming queen. I was like, look at us. Yeah. Look at us having kids that are accepting and good. And right. like, so, so especially considering my proclivity to like more, you know, liberal ideas, which I, you know, I try not to get political on the podcast, but just the fact that I, I do like the love everyone, accept right. everyone, whatever. I feel like at least since we would hopefully get the best of the best of the kids of, of the 15 year olds. <laughs> the right, right, right. Yeah. That they would be really good. Yeah. So I, 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 agree. I think society overall would be a lot more accepting of different. Yes. But also just imagine how COVID would have been handled. Oh God. <laughs> Dr. Fauci, you're now 15 years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So last one, okay. would you rather okay. eat a box of dry spaghetti noodles or two cups of uncooked rice? Oh, fucking spaghetti noodles. They're the best. I fucking love spaghetti noodles. Dry, uh, uncooked? Yes, have you, don't you, like, from time to time, I'll just take one and just crunch on it for a while. Yes. I'm, for real. I'm out of, I'm without words. <laughs> I was for rice sure. terrible. I was for sure you were going to say rice because you could just, like, throw that back like pills and just swallow it. Oh, I mean, you could. You would have to chew on what it. What happens if it expands in your stomach and then you, like, explode? Well, I think the stomach acid <laughs> would take care of that. I don't know. You it. never know. Like it it's could, not good. Have you uh, swallowed a popcorn kernel? It's not like that shit pops in well, your stomach. Well, that's not hot in your stomach. <laughs> oh, goodness But it gracious. is wet it's in your stomach. It's 98 degrees. That's pretty warm. You're, you're, no. No. <laughs> that's not warm enough to pop popcorn. You can't take a bag of popcorn outside when it's 100 degrees out and it will pop. Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you. you the spaghetti is better. I'm okay, telling right. you the spaghetti is the better option. I just can't believe you 
as a normal thing, eat dried spaghetti. Not on the regular. Right. Do you, but... So is it one noodle or do you take like a handful and just oh, no. <laughs> crunch that like a churro or something? question why would you ask such a thing it's one noodle okay well i didn't expect it to go this and then you just like crunch it up and you don't like okay well that's like like i'm getting like bugs bunny chomping the carrot vibes kind of yeah okay yeah kind of that's an old-fashioned sentence um well (laughs) i didn't expect that last one to go like that i the rice because you could i wouldn't have to chew on it i could just take little bits and swallow with some water take some little bits swallow with some water well, you could do the same thing with spaghetti. You'd have to chew it, though. You'd just have to break it into small pieces there. Yeah. I and also feel it's like... it's a lot easier to break into small pieces. Well, that's true. Rice is pretty small. That's <laughs> a rule. Well, because the rice, you might have to chew up and... Oh, I'm going short grain. I'm not. I'm not going like. Ba- I'm not getting like Wild the basmati rice. or jasmine okay. rice. I'm, right. I'm going small grain brown rice. Get no, that I, tiny. No, I'm definitely tiny going piece. with the spaghetti. Because how much of spaghetti is it? Uh, a box, so I'd assume like the a 16, box? the sixteen ounces. Yeah. Oh, good lord, that's a lot of spaghetti. <laughs> that's a lot of dried spaghetti. Well, granted, those two cups of uncooked rice. True. That's four to five cups of cooked rice. So yeah. that's that's a lot. Which would expand in your stomach, and then you die. You know, there's worse <laughs> ways to go. Then dying from. I would rice, I would be famous for poisoning. something. I'd be famous for something. I'd be in the Darwin Awards or whatever those are called. I, I'm looking up to see if there is a um what's it called? Record for people eating uncooked rice. <laughs> All right. Let's I don't see. think anybody would admit to doing that <laughs> enough to establish Ooh, a record. Yeah. Just put some hot sauce on the dried rice, call it a day. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> And I'll eat my bland spaghetti. Yeah, that's right. Dried spaghetti. Covered in butter. Because <laughs> that's, that's bland. Goodness And we'll gracious. see which one of us is happier at the end of that a little experiment. There's no... No, butter adds flavor. If it has flavor, it's not bland. You better be eating water on saltine crackers. You're telling me butter adds flavor? Yeah. So bread with butter on it is not bland? No. Oh, God. Okay. We are fundamental. I'm like a monk. A- I'm like yes. a monk. This is illustrating the fundamental differences that are Trevor and Jamie right right. here. That's so okay. We're because we could have a whole pot. We need to start a food podcast, apparently. Yeah, but so I want to kick this off. I want to kick it off with a quiz. I want to see just how much you remember from this blockbuster film that I watched an hour ago. Okay, yeah, yeah. You watched it today. I told you I've watched it sleep last night. I've watched it weekly since we talked in August. Just stop. I'm actually getting a tattoo of a killer tomato. Well, me too. So the movie opens with a reference to another film about surprising attacks on people. Which 1963 Alfred Hitchcock classic? The birds. The birds. I remember it. The birds. It is the birds. And it was fantastic because the opening is like, Oh, everyone laughed at him, and then the birds invaded so and so, and they're not laughing anymore. That's right. Maybe, maybe it's that premonition that like I'm going to be award winning in just a few months. The same thing. It's the same thing. That's exactly right. That's, That's right. exactly right. I do remember the birds. Look at me go. All right. One for one. One for but one. But we start off easy here. The podcast. Damn it. So before the opening credits have even arrived, okay. we see the first attack of the tomatoes when it erupts from the garbage disposal unit in a kitchen sink. To attack a woman. Yes. When her body is found, what red liquid is covering her body? Tomato sauce. 
close. Tomato juice. Tomato juice. Because I remember them saying like, oh, this woman covered with blood. And he's like, oh, I don't really think it's blood. I think it's tomato Well, then he juice. tastes it. And you're just like, is that a normal? <laughs> <laughs> if I go into this, do I have to do that? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> if I become a forensic person, is that what I have to do Yeah, now? it's like, so it makes you wonder. It's like, do you have to, in the 70s, did they just taste all crime scenes? You know, this movie was made the year I was born. You have... Another connection. That's right. To this cultural phenomenon. That's right. 1977. I know it came out in 78, but they said that production started in yep. 77. Yep. And that was the year I was born. So I'm just saying that was the world that I came into. Perfect. I know. And, and Indeed. What a world. You know, I, I oftentimes like say, really, I came in during Star Wars. Like I was alive during, I was born. Star Wars was still number one at the box office when I was born. So I was like, that's my claim to fame. But but, but in this, all fairness, this. this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cultural change. Yeah. So the, er, the early part of the film shows a variety of attacks on humans, including a gang of them that attack some swimmers. What blockbuster 1975 movie does a sequence parody? Jaws. Easy. That one was an easy one too, but. We already covered that. I know. But the funny thing about that one was how so you know early on those types of movies were all tits and ass right tits oh and yeah, ass, tits yeah. And ass. there's a reason they're uh swimmers that's right, right. right. there's a reason where they're swimmers and it cracked me up because the girls jump into the water to they're escape. safe but they jump into the water and then we zoom in on their cleavage and their like lower half i'm like of course we do right and, of course we and do. they really hit that exact trope in the tomatoes oh yeah because they're on the boat mm-hmm. hanging out and everyone's fine <laughs> everyone's good i mean the swimmers are bad but yes Next question. (laughs) The President of the United States assembles a motley crew of experts to lead the fight against the rampaging tomatoes. Who is appointed as the team leader? So, the Secretary of Agriculture? Or is it the Secretary? Who's the person that's in the field? Not the... Oh, the the Press Secretary. Secretary of State. No, the guy that's with the team all the time. Not the one working with the President. He is the Press Secretary, but the one that's working as part of the team to investigate the tomatoes. Who is it? I thought it was the stupid Secretary of Agriculture. It's Mason Dixon. Oh, that was one of my least favorite characters. So I have notes. <laughs> mutton chops? Yes. Oh, okay. my no, God. No, no. Yes, Mason I Dixon. I could shave part of my beard and have mutton chops in 30 seconds flat. I feel like this was a missed character. Really? Yes. I thought he nailed it right on the head. Oh, my that, God. That, that mid to late 70s secret agent man swagger. No. So you know how at the very beginning. The belly hugger warmer I, tie. The belly warmer. So in the very beginning when you were in the field and the one guy comes up and starts yelling, the other guy's like, that's not what I said, wiener. <laughs> okay. I cracked up at that, right? I yeah. just died laughing when he said that. I'm like, who the fuck says wiener? <laughs> right. On screen. That. On screen. I never, I don't think I've ever heard that in a movie. Maybe once or twice. That to me was a perfect like 1970s like trope yeah yeah absolutely so mason dixon i thought had a lot of possibility because i'm like oh he could have been you know just so good you know dragnet could have been a lot of things yes and i felt like just he had no character arc you think he just fell flat yes the only time that i really enjoyed him was at the very end when he and lois were singing to each other okay we'll get there we'll get there we'll get there okay because that that was an operatic performance that would put Okay, next question. Yeah, okay. okay. I'll, I'll get next on a, I'll get on a whole next thing. Question. So, the team's disguise expert, Mr. Stan Smith, <laughs> infiltrates a band of tomatoes in yes. effort to gain insider knowledge of their plans. What does he say that blows his cover? Uh, 
Something like, do you, do you want to eat an arm? No. He says, do you want to eat an arm? All right, so here's the options. How many roads must a lettuce roll down? Frankly, my dear, I prefer peas. Please, sir, can I have some garbanzo beans? Or, hey, can somebody please pass the ketchup? Can somebody please pass the ketchup? That's right. Because then the <laughs> tomatoes the tomato converge. Up. Yeah. That's right. It was the, the tomatoes. tomatoes that said, I want a breast. I want an arm. Yeah. That's right. Dang it. Yep. I think I should get a half a point because I got the option. You get a half point. Okay, good. Okay, so this one, this one... This one's going to get you thinking. Okay. So, as the tomatoes seem to be superior on the field of battle, yes. Ted Swan's advertising agency has been employed to help rally the people to defend themselves against the antagonistic fruit. One of his ideas is a bumper sticker that says STP. Yes. What does the acronym stand for? Stop Tomato People. Program. 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 Oh. You know what that's in reference to? S well, the sticker is the STP, like the Standard Petroleum. Well, right, but no, I don't. It's a know. parody of the Win Initiative under Ford. Whip inflation now. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, it's that's it's, hilarious. Yeah, it's under President Ford's inflation oh, control program. I like that, it. And it, it worked just as well as in it didn't do anything. Because <laughs> what are average citizens gonna do to help like, with to this? Buy inflation. <laughs> right, exactly. Not buy things. That's <laughs> right, hilarious. Right. I did not realize that. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So Subtle. stop, stop tomato program. Okay. Yeah, see, and that's the thing. It's got a little something for historians. So again, I think I should get a half a point. I got like two out of three, right? Oh, you get three quarters of a point for that oh, one. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, the, I appreciate this that. This is who slides it anyway. The points don't matter. <laughs> points don't matter. <laughs> yeah. You get 20 points that's for the next right, yeah. yeah, you get okay. 2,000 points. I don't know what you can buy with those, but the gift shop's on the way out. That's right. Number nine. There's one last hurdle to overcome. Lois Fairchild, the intrepid reporter who has been following Mason Dixon in an attempt to get a scoop on the tomato story, finds herself cornered by a tomato who appears to be immune to the music. Why is this giant tomato able to withstand the attack that has sent the others cringing to extinction? He has earmuffs on. He does have earmuffs. Giant and, earmuffs. Yes, and they rebuff him with the, the sheet music. Yeah, the, the score. The official <laughs> yes, score. That cracked right. me up. Yes. That, that cracked me up. So I get extra points for that one. Yeah. So I feel like I'm probably like 10 out of 10, 10. at this point. Well, we've That's had nine questions. So. 10 out of 10. <laughs> 10 out of 10. <laughs> like, I'm making my own points. <laughs> Go me. All right. So last one. Okay. The tomatoes have been subdued. Mm-hmm. What potential future vegetable will now be a threat? At carrots. Yeah. I saw the carrots. Attack of the Killer Carrots, <laughs> which unfortunately was a sequel that was heavily teased but never made. And oh, really? Instead, they did two. They did a sequel and a third of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes and then had a spinoff TV show, had a bunch of skits, like one-time skits. Um, and what's exciting is exciting is a strong at, word at comic-con in 2019 yeah the man who played agent finletter the guy with his parachute yeah announced that they're making a remaster of the original attack of the killer tomatoes oh my goodness <laughs> agent finletter is one of my very favorite characters so you want to know a fun fact about him yeah he went on to be not only was he in most of the like spinoffs and stuff of the original, but also uh, went on to become a California state senator. Shut up. So in one of his announcement trailers, they showed him running like victory trailers of that election race. They showed him carrying a parachute into the California state Senate. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that I really, so I enjoyed his character, I think more than almost any of the other ones. And I could see a, you know, Bill Murray and Caddyshack kind of vibe off of that. Oh, yeah. And I oh, really yeah. like, so he was one of the characters that I, I saw as a, um, you know, one that I enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And I was so sad because I felt like if he had played off of 
um, mutton chops off of uh, Mason Dixon, mm-hmm. I felt like that could have been a really good twosome, you know, like a Rodney well, Dangerfield. If kinda, he you know? would have been Mason Dixon, I would have gotten good vibes. Like yeah. him and yeah. um, Stephen Pierce, Stephen Peace, sorry, is Agent Finletter, the actor. And um, if those two would have played opposite each other, that would have been hilarious. Oh, yeah. But it wouldn't have been a B movie with Bill Murray. No. And, and that's why I was like, I'm good with that. He costs more than 100000 I wish that they had done more of that with the Mason Dixon character. That, I feel like that I, would have I, been I, I'm picking up a missed opportunity. Yeah, I'm picking down what you're sitting down. He was too serious. Like, there was nothing funny about him. So, but that's part of the thing. It's like no, that original, it's like that 70s, 80s Bond agent. Like, I'm serious. Mm-mm. Like, at the end, you know how they force the love connection at the end with the mm-hmm. opera? Yeah. That's, that is a, that's hearkening to the agent gets the girl every time. I know, that's a direct... but so I compare this in some ways to Airplane, right? Oh, there's a lot of... And Ted, while he is serious, is still a strong, funny character. That's what I wish Mason Dixon had been. <sighs> See, he was just strong. With mutton chops like that, he has weighing like you six down. Lines in the whole goddamn thing. <laughs> like, Lewis had more lines than he did. He has his facial expression that no. really rings true. Okay, okay, we're gonna watch this back, and I want you to to show me the facial expressions that I clearly missed because well, baby, you fell it's asleep. All butter. You fell it's asleep. No spice. It's all butter. That's all that is with him. That's it. Fair enough. So. Speaking of puberty love. Yeah. Oh, no. Speaking That's of puberty love. That's the worst love, n- Not only am I going to sing it for you here in no, a second. No, you are not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I, I can't get that high. I'm not no. I'm not in middle school anymore. Um, but the guy who sings puberty love yes. went on to be the drummer in Pearl Jam. Shut. Oh, no way. It was Matt Cameron. Shut. Oh. I'm not kidding. It was Matt Cameron. I don't believe you. Okay. Goog- okay. Helen! I'm Googling this. I'm Googling this. Uh, he also drummed in Soundgarden, too. But, um, yeah, Matt Cameron sang Purity Love. It's performed by him. Oh, look at how old I am that I have to, like, <laughs> lean back. Yeah. 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 Do, you, do, you, do, you, do I need to get I your know. readers for how you? How sad is this? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so upset about this. Motherfucker. The song was sung by the then teenage Matt Cameron, who later became the drummer for Soundgarden, and since 1998 has been the drummer for Pearl Jam. Fuck you, Wikipedia. You've ruined me at this point. I just want you to know. I know. I'll never ruined. be welcome back until That's we right. end this podcast season with Return of the Tiller Tomatoes. We'll, we'll talk about this at this point. So, so we were talking about the, the earmuff tomato yes. and how he was rebuffed with the score of yes. Puberty Love, um, which is actually the real score not just a bunch of random notes put on there if you pause it like i did and play it on the piano it's real um i had to i took notes so so those earmuffs though yes do you know what they are do you know what they are uh they're your 1970s grandma toilet seat covers that are neon green that go over the top of the toilet seat because remember they had a string yeah because everything had to be shag yes <laughs> yeah so oh, yes. it was it you was know, the shag. i grew up in a house that had shag carpeting i my grandparents had it everywhere on the walls yes. the ceiling uh-huh yeah so the toilet was also shag oh, and that, oh. those are the toilet seat covers those earmuffs are that's awesome uh be, but they had to do stuff like that also 
all of the army uniforms, you can tell that none of them match. Yeah. Uh, it's because they're all from thrift stores. I saw that. Um, I saw that they got a lot of those from the Goodwill. That they yeah. got a lot of that from the Goodwill. Yeah, and that's why none of them match. So you'll see um, everybody. It's the army, but yeah. you'll see Marine uniforms. <laughs> you'll see Nash, like... Army National Guard, World War One, World War Two, modern like 1970s Vietnam yeah. era, like uh, olive drab, like you'll see just an eclectic, and nobody just matches. And I think honestly, that really works. It works and, for this movie. Well, because part of the theme of the movie, right, is that the government can't fix this, military right. can't, right. Fix and they this. can't even match shirts. So that's it. It, it makes them look. I mean, probably my favorite part of this whole goddamn movie are those four, like, senators that get brought the in. The one sleeping? Yes! <laughs> Senator Polk, who is Eric Christmas. <laughs> is Mayor Christmas? Eric Christmas. Eric Christmas? I don't know who that is. What? He's an Airbud, Seinfeld, X-Files, Home Improvement, Porkies. He plays Senator Polk, the one that's, like, sleeping at the... Really? Uh-huh. I didn't know that. I'll have to go back. And He's one of that. three people in this film that acted in other stuff. So that's also a cool thing about <laughs> right. this movie is most people, this was their first movie they ever acted in, and then and they never last. acted again. <laughs> so tell me, what are the three actors? Uh, it's Stephen Peace, uh, Jack Riley, and Sen- or, uh, Eric Christmas. Jack Riley is the voice of Stu Pickles in Rugrats. Oh, nice. Yeah, he was uh, Von Schauer, the he was just the, one of the salesmen. In- well, I will definitely say like that is my favorite because you know, especially considering mm-hmm. our environment, it's yeah, to me it's funny to watch those. You know, hey, what are we supposed to be here for? The tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, the one the British. What? The, the one- tomatoes. <laughs> is there one of these for everybody? <laughs> like, then they're, like, like, they're the just- secretary's like looking yes. under her pencil drawer. <laughs> they're just. Bubbling around, can't figure it out. I'm like, that's how I imagine sometimes the government to work. The tomatoes right? have taken over three fourths of the United States because in the army headquarters they're just crossing off Arkansas oh, yeah. and stuff. And then at the end, the senator panel's like, "We've decided no further action is necessary." And it just cracks me up. I, I really enjoy that. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk favorite quotes from the movie. Okay, I already told you one of mine. Mm-hmm. The wiener, the wiener cracked one, me up. Of course, because we're three. Um, my two favorites. Okay, is they both came from like the narrator or the radio, but my favorites were um, one was the narrator saying, "Last year, more people were killed by automobile accidents, <laughs> heart attacks, lung cancer, and natural causes all combined than by any one tomato." That's right. <laughs> and that That's one right. had me dying. Yes. And then the news announcer voiceover said, and today the president has closed the nation's last remaining submarine base at uh, in Connecticut. When asked why he had made this startling decision, the president responded, those funny little ships were just kept sinking anyway. They kept sinking anyway. I enjoyed that. <laughs> my favorite and that was, had a modern vibe, that's too. Right. That's right. But my vibe. favorite, which is extremely applicable these days, was there was a newscast that was talking about how things were going. And I, I didn't capture the exact quote, I'm sorry to say, but it's at fun. one point he's like, there's havoc in the streets and personal grooming habits are at an <laughs> all-time low. Right. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, is that today? <laughs> like, I'm in sweatpants. I can't even get my jeans on anymore. I'm like, oh, yes. Like, like that's the most real perspective of a national emergency, clearly. And there's a little bit of a fourth wall break because Mason Dixon hears it 
And he tucks his shirt in and he like straightens up his stuff. That's right. That's exactly right. And so I, I watched that and I was like, yup, they got that right. <laughs> that shit never changes. Nope. Because boy, howdy man, is that the, the truth. So they had, um, fun fact, they had um, star tomatoes and stock tomatoes on set. So okay. the stock tomatoes were the ugly fruit that they bought in mass on the cheap. Yeah. Because once again, working with under 100000 for the whole movie. Um, and those were the those were the tomatoes they used when like tomatoes were attacking cars and the, so off screen people were throwing them and stuff or the ones they're smashing at the end and then your star tomatoes that was stuff you'd buy at like the grocery store for top dollar and those are the ones that were always getting like the close ups top dollar top dollar top dollar, top dollar. I don't Never. know where you shop <laughs> but I'm like Paris Hilton and I think a banana costs something like ten dollars. <laughs> I don't buy tomatoes because I don't like tomatoes. Me neither. If they're not in a salsa or a like pizza sauce, I, I'm not out buying tomatoes. See, we're very similar in this regard that I'll eat a tomato as long as it doesn't taste like a tomato. Exactly. Right. Indeed. Cover it with enough salt and garlic. I'll eat the shit out of some tomatoes. Yeah, and put some bread underneath there and some that cheese. doesn't matter. You can add, at that point, you That's know, a pizza. Italian pizza, <laughs> spaghetti. Yeah. Right. You name it. Tacos. I'm yeah. fine with all of that. A funny kind of like mishap in the movie is yeah. during the two or three scenes where the tomatoes are like getting attacking the car windshields and stuff, like when the cops get like run off the road and yes. freaking out. Um, it cuts to Mason Dixon and his crew like two or three times during that. And if you pay attention, the number of tomatoes, the amount of mess on the car changes every time. Uh, so <laughs> I noticed that at least the windshield mm-hmm. had a ton on there. And, and then, then right before they were about to wreck, there wasn't hardly in that. Right. Um, during during Mason's intervention with Richardson, who is the press secretary, yeah, um, you can see the shadows of the crew members briefly uh, um, on the tables in the hotel room. Oh, that's good to know. I'll so have to check that out. The lighting kind of messes up there. Yeah. And then last but not least, when Finn Letter, the parachute guy, chases the masked assassin. Yeah. Which is going over the wood pallets was my I favorite know. part. And, and going over the car, yeah. you're like, really? <laughs> yeah, that's a Dukes of Hazard reference, yeah. right? Um, when he's chasing the masked man that tried to kill Dixon through a park, the camera like arm shadow is visible on the ground as his parachute passes over the lens. So they had some lighting issues. Well, there's no CGI when you only have a hundred thousand dollars there. That's right. They're you know? going all natural. Yeah, all natural. You <laughs> that's gotta right. deal with what you gotta do. That's deal. right. In fact, with the cost, um, I want to talk about the team. Okay. But my favorite character on the team was Scuba Steve. Really? He was my favorite character. Why? No lines. He had water in his goggles when they were in the I know. I saw room. that. I'm like, why do you have goggles? Why so, do you have water in there? You know, the only thing he does in the movie is march around his flippers, and then he jumps in like a public water fountain, like yeah. water feature. They didn't have a permit to shoot on that site. So he just looked like a crazy guy jumping in with a scuba suit. Yeah. So those people looking at him like he's crazy, that's real people. Because <laughs> they couldn't afford the permit. Yeah. So they, they no, 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 no. Going off no. the rails. The best character, the best character... Is the disguise. Oh, Steve? Steve. Was it Steve or Sam Smith? I can't remember. Anyway, um, he was the best character. And when the when they're like, oh, my God, it's Adolf Hitler. I died <laughs> laughing. Yeah. I just died. It's Stan. Stan, Stan Smith. That's it. Stan. Stan Smith. I, I literally like. And he dressed up as Abraham Lincoln. So he dresses as George Washington at first, and then he gets in the car, gets out of the car. Now he's Abe Lincoln (laughs) and says, you are free. To the, they're dropping off the swimmer and scuba in the desert. In the desert. Yeah. With nothing to do. Yes. 
And then when the swimmer was eating the um, steroids for breakfast, yeah. I had to explain to AJ. He's like, what are steroids? I'm like, oh, God. Oh, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh, geez, Louise. But in my opinion, like, his, like, even when you first see him and he has that giant fake nose on, yeah. I died. I yeah. was like, that's hilarious. Yeah. He, he is good. All right? That's my favorite. Yeah. my fa- What's your favorite disguise? I'm telling you, I, I no, I think it's just the no the glasses, the, the glasses, glasses with the, with nose. the nose. Oh, I like this tomato disguise where he's just right wearing a red ball. I know, I like that, and green uh, green tights, green tights. Yeah, like yes. I had better costuming in my High School Musical. Oh, by far. Yeah, by far. So I loved that, um, but. I just couldn't get over Scuba Steve with water in his goggles when they're in when they're in the tiny conference room yes. where they're climb all these generals are having to climb over each other, and I I assume you caught that the USS Arizona yes. got knocked into the fish tank. Yes, I did catch that one for sure. <laughs> and then I read about the helicopter crash. Did you read about uh-huh. that? So that is a rented helicopter. Oh jeez, can you imagine? It cost sixty thousand dollars <laughs> in nineteen seventies dollars. To just rent it. To rent it and replace it, apparently. And that's right. Because yeah, eventually they had to replace so it. So they had to pull the pilot out, but oh, the cameras geez. were rolling. So obviously that was just supposed to land, but the tail rotor caught the ground, okay. and they had to pull the pilot out, who just got minor injuries, thankfully. And then they just ad-libbed through the scene. So when they're like, tomatoes can't fly, and tomatoes can't attack people, and then Mason's like, well, they're doing a hell of a job with that. <laughs> that was all ad-libbed when the helicopter crashed. That was pretty good. Yeah, that so good. that cost 60% of the movie budget was that scene. <laughs> so maybe that's why all the big tomatoes were made out of foam. Yes. <laughs> because yes, they spent that. all their movie budget within the first 10 minutes of Although, the movie. Although, what else would you make a giant tomato out of? I don't know. See? Um, so those are some of my favorite facts. Um, other things I love in the credits, they have a special appearance by the Royal Shakespearean Tomatoes by Regent of her <laughs> Queen, the Majesty. I don't think I noticed that. Oh yeah. There's the credits are wild. Yeah. They also have like ad space for rent in the credits or like three <laughs> times during the movie, like a bulletin on goes the down bottom. the bottom. Yeah, I love that. Good. Like for like sofas on sale and mm-hmm. stuff. Cause I don't know about you, but there's no better time to buy a mattress than when the nation is under attack and threatening democracy is done. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Like it's just like, or while you're watching a movie about it. Right, right, right. You're just Either like, one. I do need a mattress. <laughs> You're like, I... Man, this would be a lot better movie if I was laying on a new mattress. <laughs> That's right. Um, Stephen Peace, uh, the future California senator, did all of his own stunts because uh, I couldn't afford a stunt double. I mean, but did he have a lot of stunts? Well, I mean, the big he one was over the pallets. The big one was when he was dragged behind the car oh, with his parachute. That's right, they that's put right. a like a basically a skateboard, like a wide oh. skateboard, kind of like what mechanics lay on when they're getting under cars. Yeah, and he almost apparently he almost wrecked like face planted because they're not going that fast because that's part of the comedic piece yeah, the car's like sputtering yeah. but like also when you're two inches from the ground 15 miles an hour you're hauling ass yeah, <laughs> like, that's, yeah. that's pretty damn fast yeah so um that was one of his most memorable moments nice um i don't know if you read this but some of the actors that were in the sequel a return of the Killer Tomatoes, they asked not to watch the original. Like, the director <laughs> said, just don't watch it. With the caveat Why? Uh, well, because they said, you know what? Someone had to make the worst movie about vegetables. Why not us? Okay. And that's kind of how I... That's kind of that... That's the vibe I live my life. Like, <laughs> someone has to be the worst employee on this team. Why not me? You know? I do not get that vibe from you at all, Trevor. 
<laughs> Indeed. That is that is a possibility. Oh, yeah. Last thing I have is at the end where they kind of have every screwball in San Diego County and the stadium smashing the tomatoes. Yeah. You can see um, the San Diego chicken from. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. You can see the San Diego chicken that's in there. That's right. Well, and I remember thinking, oh, he's got huge feet, so he can really stomp a lot of tomatoes. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know you're why. Like, that's what I thought. Good, good character choice. That's like, right. Good character Tactically well-planned. That's exactly um, right. They also have a special appearance of um, one of the beauty pageant winners from the 20s, Miss Potato Famine of 1922, in that scene as well. So I saw the potato sash. Yeah, it's it's Miss I, Potato I Famine of 1922. It. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's so Which weird. Which is edgy. Edgy. Sure, we'll call it edgy. <laughs> if you had to recommend this movie, I would not. Just so at gunpoint, <laughs> what would you tell them was your favorite part? Um, I so if I was being serious, yes, I would tell them that there are some nuggets of comedic gold that I definitely enjoyed, but overall, it was not my favorite movie. Not your favorite movie. So, out of ten, how many how many Jamies does this get? <clears throat> I could be generous with two. Two? Yeah. <laughs> For comedic gold. And I quote, okay. nuggets of comedic gold only gets two? Maybe three. It was only 83 minutes long, dude. I mean, honestly, like it wasn't that many nuggets of gold. Um, <laughs> but there's a nugget every scene. No. Incorrect. <laughs> and, you know, my thing is, so I have the world's worst, like I have my list of the world's worst movies, and someday we'll do a podcast where we talk about all of them. But, like, there are some really clear bad movies out there. It's, this isn't that bad because I find, I, it wasn't like I watched this and had to turn it off. Right. You did fall asleep, but you didn't turn it off. Uh, but then I watched it again, so yes. So maybe a three, but I'm not going... I gave it a seven and a half. Shut your mouth! I gave it a seven and a half. Shut up. And that's the hill I'm dying on. That's the tomato I'm dying on. So what's a seven and what's an eight to you? A seven... Give me another example. Um, Star Wars Episode Four. Okay. This is slightly... Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is slightly better than Star Wars Episode Four. What's an eight? Any other questions? What's an eight? <laughs> An eight, Passion of the Christ. I've never seen Passion of the Christ. Me neither, but I just wanted to see your reaction. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch That's movies right. to feel guilty. Okay. No. <laughs> no, not at all. So what really is an eight? What is an eight? The next, the 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 movie better than Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. And if you say the second one, I will absolutely. <laughs> it was literally about to say Return of the Killer Tomatoes. I'll kill you. Okay. Honestly, best movie I've ever seen, which we should do a podcast on. 10 out of 10. Okay. Hero, starring Jet Li. I haven't seen it. All right. I'll, it's I'll... one of those, like, outrageous kung fu movies, but, like, it's serious. Okay. That's my all-time I have a group of buddies that we get together. We get a six-pack, so we don't watch it in July, <laughs> um, each, and then we just watch that movie and rave about it. Like, it is quite quintessentially the best film. But it is, we'll have to do a podcast on that sometime because it is probably the best kung fu movie ever made. Um, but yeah, 7.5. No. It's right, it's right in there between Star Wars Episode Four and Passion of the Christ. Jesus. Okay. Well, on that note, I think we should end this debacle. Oh, this, this debate of the minds, this philosophical oh wrestling my God. match. No. All right, so friends, 
I'm taking back over the podcast. What the seven and a half on Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is canon for my poor friends uh, now. No, no, it not. And so I, I'm taking back over. We're taking control. Trevor is done. Let's, Trevor, say thank you. Good night. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And I can't wait to be your guest host sometime in the future. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone who is listening. Um, for any of you that. Uh, have access to social media we have a friends of my poor friends facebook page as well as an instagram i will take a uh, assuming trevor gives me permission a picture of us enjoying our mocktails in the basement while we podcast to post and for those of you who would like to respond to the seven and a half rating feel free to deliver that message on either one of those forms don't be scared of the truth <laughs> Don't be scared of the truth. That's all, right. all I have to say. Oh, my goodness. Okay. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Bye-bye.